Ron Hebert is the financial coach. He joins us on another edition of Making Money. Ron was a portfolio manager. That meant he looked after people's investments. So he was an investment broker. Now there's a discount broker, Ron. This is a phenomenon of what, the last 15 years, let's say, maybe? 15, 20 years, certainly. It's, uh, it's gained prominence, and it's growing every year. And so individuals have to ask themselves, should I go with someone who's got experience and pay them a fee, or should I do it myself? And a lot of people are deciding that they have the ability to do it on their own. And so we're going to be talking about dealing with a discount broker, uh, assessing your skills, um, looking at the various discounters to see what your costs are going to be, because I think most people don't realize how high the costs really are. Uh, if you're worried about safety, uh, using a practice account, uh, learning to use their financial planning software and tools, and also learning to use their third-party research, which are all very, very important skills to develop. And we're going to be talking about each one of those. So now you, you, you said a note here that researchers in Germany looked into this, right? It's pretty pathetic, actually. They asked a group of investors how they thought they performed before checking their brokerage statements. And on average, the whole group of investors overestimated the returns by 11.6% per year. That's enormous. And funny thing, those who thought they had the highest returns actually had the lowest. So people conflate their, what they think their skills are with what their skills really are. And so typically, uh, especially if you're at a party and someone's had a few drinks, they tend to get cocky, and they're always telling you about their winners. But unfortunately, they never tell you about their losers. So you never want to confuse cockiness with skill. If they're so cocky, ask to see um, their last year's performance numbers. And you'll find that uh, the person will, will disappear into the crowd. And if you confuse cockiness for skill, this mistake is always expensive. Okay, so you have to do your homework here. Um, is there such a thing as a free trade? <laughs> well, there's no such thing as a free lunch, and uh, that's been repeated over and over again, but that's especially true with online brokerage firms. You know, the average uh, commission-free stock transactions is a way to track new investors into their trading platforms, but often this is a loss leader for them. People need to realize that brokerage firms are not charities, you know, Sister Teresa is not trying to talk you into dealing or putting your money with them. They like to make money, and the more the merrier. Zero trading fees, like I say, get you in the door. Uh, but uh, in these firms, they make their revenue that they lose on trading. Uh, they pay way less on cash balances. Uh, they sell their stock transactions to third-party vendors, which often means you're not getting the best execution. Uh, they certainly charge higher rates if you borrow on margin accounts. Uh, they add fees for inactivity, and often they'll block access to some of the low-cost funds that other places have. So, as we said, there's no free lunch in the investment world. Less can often cost you more. So before you go to a discount broker, research to find out uh, the hidden costs so you can determine the best deal for you. And it's just as easy as Googling uh, discount brokerage firm comparison in Canada, for example. And there's lots of studies out there which show the different um, 
you know, there's different colors of the rainbow. And so one firm might have better opportunities for you than others at lower cost, depending on what you want to do. So you, you look at how you're going to invest and then do some research to find the firm that will be able to give you the best execution at the best prices. Okay, here's Gord Whitehead, dumb question of the day. Uh, you know, my investment account was with one of the big banks. I think a lot of people, that's the case. So why have the big banks also started these discount brokerages? Is it just to attract new clients? Well, because they, at one point, were losing clients to investment firms that were discounters that weren't uh, part of the big guys. And so the Canadian banks, uh, they were losing business to insurance companies. So they bought insurance companies. If you go back into the late 1980s, uh, the Canadian banks didn't have an investment arm, really. So they ended up buying uh, McLeod Young Weir. They ended up buying Nesbitt Burns. All these guys. Yeah. So usually what the banks have been allowed to do in Canada is if there's someone that's eating their lunch in a particular area, they go out and buy them, establish a big presence. And so uh, rather than lose that business to uh, non-bank discounters, uh, they all open their own. So is that maybe some good advice then? If you're going to look to a discounter, look to one that's with one of the big banks. You've got that backing it up. Well, you certainly have the safety of your money, which, uh, you know, I mean, you look at how long the big six Canadian banks have been around for, you know, almost a couple hundred years now. And they've, most of them have never been in any kind of serious trouble because they're, they're, they're a massive monopoly in Canada, whereas, you know, you've got thousands of small banks in the U.S., competing for business. Uh, the big six uh, kind of have a, an agreement with the federal government where the government uh, won't uh, legislate them too hard, which will allow them a comfortable little monopoly among the six players. And in return, um, they get a financial stability. And so the Canadian banks, it's a much more stable place to be than U.S. banks, which continually Every decade, they get themselves into trouble, and we've just seen it over the last few months where uh, big banks are, are, you know, um, some three top 20 banks in the U.S. have closed their doors. More are probably coming. Some of the Internet banks that are dealing with, uh, uh, you know, Bitcoin and uh, some of the other cryptos, uh, some of them have closed. Um, They're being legislated some of their senior executives are being taken to court and even put in in jail so if you're looking for safety uh there's nothing like a a discounter owned by one of the big six they often have practice accounts ron i know i've looked into this and opened a practice account said well i'll try this this and this and let's see what happens you're not making a purchase right no basically these are pretend accounts they let you buy and you get to see uh, what it would cost you, and so you get to refine your skills. So you're, you aren't making mistakes that will lead to real losses with real money. And, uh, you know, these practice accounts are good because you can practice buying quality stuff and uh, see what it works, and you can try some of your premises out in the market, and uh, then you'll have a lot more experience, a lot more knowledge, so that when you do use real money, you're less likely to make big mistakes. 
And as you've told us many times uh, on the podcast, Ron, there are a lot of financial tools out there at your disposal. You can find them online. Put those to good use, right? Yeah, many of the discount firms have excellent financial tools. So it'll tell you how much money you need to save for retirement. It'll tell you how big your TFSA will get. It will uh, essentially uh, tell you uh, at a certain withdrawal rate how much money you'll have left and how long it lasts. So there's all these tools out there, and frankly, most of them have been dumbed down, so they're not hard. The average person can get in there and get a lot of very, very good information just using some of those financial tools. And obviously, if you've got a more sophisticated situation, you know, you can go on to, to get help from a financial planner. But even if you are going to use a financial planner, this is a good place to start because then you know the questions to ask. So learn to use the financial planning tools because investing without a plan is just the, like a boat without a rudder. You're not going to particularly go anywhere. You need a plan to get you where you want to go. And so take advantage of it. If you're a discount broker and you've got an account there, generally these tools are free. Just go in there and um, take advantage of, of them while you can. And I know you, you made your living doing this, Ron, but uh, you based your expertise on a lot of research, and there's a lot of research out there that's available to everybody, right? Yeah, and, and we've talked in the, the past about some of the pitfalls of investment firm research, because typically investment firms represent the client. I mean, they are underwriting their stocks, they're lending them money, and they represent you. So often the, you know, like the average recommendation is either a buy or a hold. And in most countries with most stocks, 92% of the recommendations are either buy or hold, and often 5% or less actually are sell. So the bias is always to buy things, and you're not getting a balanced outlook. So if you go to these uh, discount brokerage firms, you go into their research, sometimes you'll find third-party research. And third-party research is companies that just sell their research. They have nothing to be gained um, from either the client or uh, a company. So they've got no financial interest other than putting out the research. And the only way that they can survive is the research has to be good because if people consistently lose money year after year after year, uh, no one's going to subscribe to that research and they're going to they're go bankrupt. So third-party research is more independent, and you'll find that typically at discount brokerage firms, there's, there's third-party research available on them. And I would go to that third-party research and, and look at that closely before you make a decision. All right, there you go. Again, sage advice from the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. If you have a question or a follow-up or a show suggestion, you can reach us through letsmakemoney.ca, our website, or through cfcw.com, where the show is hosted. Ron, next week, uh, big topic, uh, one that touches, well, I mean, I'm in that boat. I'm retired. Uh, You have to go into retirement with a plan about your finances, don't you? And most people have no clue how long their money is going to last. Yeah, well, that's a, that's always a question, right? Am I going and to have enough? So, yeah. yeah, and so this show is really designed to help you calculate, based on certain formulas, how long your money is going to last. And so it'll give you an idea of how much you can spend each year so that uh, you run out of time before you run out of money. That's what you really want to do. That's a successful financial plan, you know is that you're on your last breath 
you can put a stamp on your will and mail it to your executor. <laughs> and you're, you've, you'll use your last dollar to buy the stamp. Well, as I've always said, I hope the last check bounces. Right? Yeah, or your last check bounces, yeah. All right. The one, at we'll, the, the one at the funeral home. Yeah, we'll delve into that next week on another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gordon Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.